So it's fantastic to be joined by Lou Fellingham. Lou, thank you so much for um, giving us your time right now. Hi. Um, Lou needs no no real introduction. Um, you've been involved, Lou, as a, a singer, songwriter, worship leader for, well, as long as I can remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, 20 odd years or so. Um, I know, you know, you've been an inspiration to many. Um, I know my own wife, Becky, you know, you were an inspiration to her when she was starting to lead worship. Um, and we're here to talk about singing and gathered yes. worship. Um, that's the chapter you wrote in the book on the importance of gathering together. So it's great to have you um, here with us, Lou. Well, it's good to be with you, Nick. I'm really looking forward to our chat. So I think it would just be great for, for some people um, who've maybe not heard you before. Maybe they've just yeah. read the chapter or they're thinking of reading it. Just tell us a bit to begin with, like your journey, you know, what, how did worship awaken for you and how did you kind of link singing, you know, because it's a key gift of yours. How did you link singing and, oh, I can worship God through this? Like, how did that happen for you? Wow, that's quite a big question, isn't it? Um, so my name is Lou and I'm married to Nathan and we have three children and we live in Brighton. And when I was 19, I moved to Brighton to join a band and I basically wanted to come because the band was going to be involved in evangelism and also in the local church. And the guy who was heading up that band was a guy called Dave Fellingham, and he was quite a key worship leader, worship, you know, a key presence within the worship scene at that time. And I, I discovered that there was more to worship than just standing up and singing a song and sitting down, to be honest. So I've always sung. When I was about seven, I remember standing at the front of the Baptist church and singing songs to receive your reward for uh, how many times you'd attended Sunday school, that sort of thing. And uh, so you'd get either you'd get like a little bookmark or you'd get a nice big hefty Bible, depending on the number of times you turned up to church. I'm not quite sure if I if I would go there now, but, you know, that sort of thing. So that was how I started singing um in public but my mum and dad said I always used to sing it's always been inside of me a song has always been there um, and we would sing heartily at church with full of faith you know the the numbers would be on the board we'd find the number in the hymnal we'd stand up we'd sing that song through with faith with um, you know real joy sometimes and real connection to God um, but I, for me that was my experience of what worship was um, and it was genuine and, you know, we, we love God passionately, but that was, that was as far as I'd gone in terms of my understanding. And then when I was about 16, 17, um, I was at a camp and I remember being filled with the Holy Spirit um, for the first time really of understanding what that meant. And I spoke in tongues and then I uh, and then I panicked for the next year that it was the devil's language and I was making it up and all that sort of thing. Because my only understanding really of the Holy Spirit was that he put a seal on your heart. He was part of the Trinity, put a seal on your heart. And, um, and you know, he was my seal for, for eternity. But I didn't know about relationship with him or really discovering about how the Holy Spirit can lead you and would empower you and reveal God to you and reveal yourself to you. Um, all these, these things about the person of the Holy Spirit began to awaken in me. And um, a couple of years after that, I ended up at Spring Harvest. I was with TVB, the vocal band, working with Youth for Christ. And um, we led worship in the youth venue. And um, probably because I was probably one of the people that had the loudest voice, I often was the one that was 
put to the front to lead the singing. At this time, I didn't really have any real understanding of what it was to lead worship as such, except that I knew how to sing, I knew I loved Jesus, and I knew I loved people and wanted them to encounter him. And uh, it, it birthed something in me to really want to know more about worship and what this thing was in terms of the relationship between the Holy Spirit and our voices and coming together and singing together. So I moved to Brighton at 19 to join the band and to learn more about it. Awesome. Can I ask, like, that, that feeling of the Spirit, because we'll come on to this, how uh, you write in the chapter how, how Paul seems to link in Colossians and Ephesians, like being filled with the Spirit and mm-hmm. sinking, you know. So I, I just want to focus on that because you mentioned it. Like, how how did that infilling of the Spirit happen for you? Was that in worship? Was it in a prayer time? Was it just walking around? What happened? Can you it, remember it, what happened? Yeah, I think it was in a worship time. Um, so I was at this camp, I think it was in Canterbury somewhere, And uh, I'd grown up going to a lot of Christian camps and a lot of Christian things. My mum and dad became Christians after they got married in a a Baptist church and they loved to send us to these things. And I remember being in this camp and we were in worship and I think the leader there just prayed for people who had never been filled with the Holy Spirit to be filled. And so in that moment, um, I prayed. And I, I don't think I really had a lot of teaching or understanding, but I definitely experienced something of the infilling of the Holy Spirit and then began to, in faith, speak out in tongues. It wasn't like this kind of thing took over and I couldn't help myself. Uh, it, it was it was a head and a heart and a moment decision in, in God to be filled with the Spirit and then to speak out the, the words that I was kind of feeling, seeing, you know, that sort of thing. And um, and I, I, like I said, I still didn't realise quite what was going on. And it took me a whole nother year until I went back there again the year after to go, oh no, this is, this is okay. This is not weird. This is actually part of our walk, our communion with, with God. Um, so that for me personally happened during worship time. Fantastic. And, and um, I guess that's a really good example as well of, uh, the power and uniqueness of gathering together mm. with our brothers and sisters, with other Christians to worship. And obviously, you know, there are chapters in the book about Monday to Friday worship, the whole of life worship, but this particular chapter you wrote is focused on those gathered times. And yeah. uh, again, we're, we're doing, uh, you know, we've just come out of a, an un, you know, crazy year where we haven't been able to gather. Yeah. So just talk about... Um, the gathering thing. Uh, I think you mentioned Hebrews um, 10 in the chapter, you know, don't neglect meeting together, uh, yes. but encourage one another. And, you know, that, yeah. that command to meet together. So how would you explain, why do you think it is so important? And obviously you've led worship <laughs> gatherings your whole life. What are some of the things for you that make it ma- magic? I mean, you know, what, what are the things <laughs> that make it matter to us? Yeah, well, there are so many things. Obviously, uh, like I said in the chapter, there's, there is a command from God to not stop meeting together. So if God thinks it's a good idea, then it must yeah. be a good idea, you know. So uh, I, I appreciate that there are moments when uh, we can go through different situations or it can be difficult. We've, one thing we've discovered through the, the difficulty of, um, you know, 2020 
is that actually there are lots of people that can't meet up in the same way as we have taken for granted for so long. Actually, there are lots of people on the kind of fringes who have found a way of being included. But it's actually right. this, this sense of coming together um, and there's power in, in declaration together, of the corporate declaration of, of speaking something out, of singing something out together. There's power in being one in, in a community of, of people that, that think and are the same as you in terms of their purpose in Christ. And um, there's an encouragement that can come. Um, I think one of the things we've noticed when leading online is that sometimes you have to kind of almost pull the key down in terms of the pitch of the song. But actually, when you're singing with lots of people, you can have it a bit higher because you, you feel comfortable, you feel safe, you feel like, oh, yeah, we're, we're all in this together. Um, and so moments like that have been um, really valuable as, as we come together. I think when you see when, when you experience coming back into that that place, especially having been out of it for so long, there is just something very special about, hey, we're in this together. Let's get excited about God together. Let's worship him together. There's something about this communal voice that is raised, that there's power in it, there's uh, encouragement in it, and, the, and it's a gift from God, really, that we we get to do it together. And what 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 do you say, again, you referenced this in the chapter, you know, people... Because, you know, I teach on, on this as well, um, you know, why do we sing? And, and you know, yeah. so, so we're trying to obviously talk about the importance of singing and linking singing together and worship. Mm-hmm. And one of the often things that comes back in the Q&A time, you know, is, oh, you know, what if you can't sing? You know, mm-hmm. what, what if, um, oh, you know, I, I just don't like singing. It's never been my thing. Or I was told yeah. when I was little, you know, to yeah. not sing sound nice. Yeah. What 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 do you say to that, and how do you how do you encourage that in the gathering? Well, I think it's I think there are several things there. One is understanding what is occurring as we sing, so that there's faith for it. You know, if it's something that you don't feel comfortable with, or it's not something you do naturally, you're not somebody who just wakes up in the morning and sings. You know, well, why do I need to sing? You know, it's it's about well, understanding. Well, wake up in the morning and just is that what you do like no not well maybe past 11 o'clock and i've had my coffee my my dad used to he'd wake up he'd open the curtains and he'd sing you know like dad stop um yeah he would he would kind of bop around the house early morning he was he was an early man you know early morning man i'm definitely not that person but i think you know there's i know that there's part of me that that um, the only the only point I've stopped actually just singing that overflow was after my mum died and and that was a point where I groaned. I still had right. to ex- expand the so- a sound to God. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was still something that was poured out and then the song began to come back again. Um, yeah. So for me, it's that it's it's part of who I am is to sing. There's yeah. a natural overflow, but I do understand that there are some people who singing is alien apart from the context of church um but I, I guess it's trying to understand well what's occurring as we sing you know it talks about psalms hymns and spiritual songs about it, it kind of teaching us it's training us it's it's actually there's something about declaring truth over your life that that causes faith to rise in you and actually when you're singing and speaking out the truth then the lies aren't you aren't filling your mouth um so you're you're kind of filling your mouth and heart and mind uh with with truth that can that can be really powerful, um, and it's interesting, Nick, because I I worked for my sister for a company, and we went into a lot of secular environments to, and taught people to sing, 
Um, and within that context, there were obviously a lot of people, they'd be like, oh, I don't sing, oh, I'm not gonna do that. But by the end of this hour and a half, there was a shift in, in a high percentage of people. They they'd decided they couldn't do it or they'd had, like you said, a bad experience. But there was something, there's something that happens even when you're not singing the truth, even when you're not singing Christian songs, that, that releases joy. You know, if you speak to people that go to choirs, whether they're Christians or not Christians, they might feel down when they go to a choir rehearsal, but by the time they've finished singing in a choir rehearsal, they feel uplifted. Why is that? Well, there's something about God that God's given us in our voices, in our singing, that does something in our spirits, that does bring joy. And, um, and also there's something about being with one another and singing something corporately, again, that somehow releases joy. Um, so there's a lot of power in singing. And I say, you know, God is a singing God. So, it, we, and we're made in his image. We wanna, we wanna sing like he does. Um, right, and, you mentioned um, Zephaniah 3 in that context. Yeah. The chapter, God, you know, rejoices over us. You know, that, that mm. word, that I think it means, you know, spins round in a circle. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he's so, he can't contain his joy and it comes no. up in song. So it's almost yeah. like there's something where speech isn't enough yeah. to express the overflow, is it? I yeah. Think. Yeah. Which is and amazing. It is amazing. It's I love that scripture, just that feeling. And it's and it talks in the psalm, I think it's Psalm 32 or Psalm 33, where it talks about him singing songs of deliverance, shouts of deliverance, songs of deliverance over us as well. Um and there are obviously songs of lament, there are songs of um, sorrow, um, there are songs of celebration. But I, I guess that, again, coming back to the scripture, the scripture tells us to sing, you know, sing yeah. your songs to God. And it doesn't say sing if you're an extrovert. It doesn't say sing if you're really good at singing. Sing if you like it. It actually, yeah. the command is to sing. And so you've got to come back again to what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible tells me to sing. So, okay, this doesn't really make sense to me right now, but I'm going to give it a go because I want to follow what God's command is. And then as you do that, you, you discover that God is awakening something in you. He is affirming things in you in the spirit. He is revealing himself to you as you sing. He is admonishing you. He is, you know, causing other things to flow out. So there's lots of stuff that can happen as we sing. Yeah, amazing. I mean, I think is it. I think you say in the chapter it's over forty times that the Psalms command us to sing, mm -hmm. uh, which is so strong. Is it? I mean, it couldn't be a stronger statistic than that. You know, for, for what's uh, divinely inspired. You know, the mm. songbook of the Temple of Psalms says over mm -hmm. forty times, hey, sing. You know, yeah. just sing. Yeah. And yet, in the yeah. everyday life, it can. You don't think it's not your first thought, is it? Like, if even if something goes wrong, your first thought is to maybe pray, but not necessarily <laughs> to sing. So, there's something about yeah. the discipline of this, isn't there? Yes. Um, that, that it's not always going to be the thing you want to do. And I think you open the whole chapter with Sunday morning, you know, maybe kids mm. are screaming, or you've got out of bed late, and you arrive at church. Ah, uh, the last thing I want to do is sing. And yeah. so, there is the discipline of worship. Mm -hmm. it's here isn't it mm. with singing to what definitely. extent do you do that yeah, no 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 I, I'm just responding yeah it definitely yeah. there is definitely a discipline within it there is a decision with it sometimes sometimes we're like oh I can't help myself I have to sing and other times 
there are moments when, you know, it is a discipline of, right, God's called me to do this. I'm not really in the mood, but I'm going to do it anyway. And mm. so for me, the corporate gathering, that kind of setting where we enter into a corporate moment, it's not to kind of put on a face and pretend. It's not about that. It's not kind of going, oh, yeah, I love Jesus, really. You know, I've just had all this stuff going on all week or just before I've arrived, but I'm going to put on a brave face now and pretend. God never tells us to pretend. He just tells us to come and yeah. to worship and to fix yeah. our attention on him. And then as we do that, everything comes back into alignment. And so we get this amazing gift of singing that actually, you know, God calls us to worship him. He's jealous for our affection. He's jealous for our love. He's jealous for our attention. But also yeah. somehow we get blessed in it. Somehow as we do the things that he's commanded us to do, we find this kind of centering of ourselves and of perspective and of remembering who it is that's over us. You know, as well, the, the Psalms call us to remember, to consider, to to then also sing out his faithfulness and, and remember what he has done. And so singing is an important way for us to be able to do that. Mm. And as we do that, we discover, oh, yeah. The, the fruits of the spirit flow out. We, we receive peace. We, re we receive joy. We receive hope. You know, we've, we receive an overflow from heaven. And so um, it, it's like it's not kind of it, it's not all in boxes. It, it's all intertwined. You know, when, when you talk about the spirit and the word of Christ dwelling in you and singing and speaking to one another, it's, it's all moving together. So even this image of God spinning around in delight, you know, there's this movement that happens as we worship him. I love that because I want to dive a bit further into that um, truth and spirit um, through some worship or, or what you mm. talk about the chapter. I think Matt Redmond first mentioned revelation and response. Yeah. These are all different ways of saying worship and spirit and truth, you know, revelation mm -hmm. and response. Mm -hmm. um, so I love how you describe the kind of interweaving of it all because it's almost mm. like you can't, you can't nail it all down. You can't, like, it's not science, is it? Um, no. And yet, the presence of both truth and mm. the movement of spirit are, mm. are two key ingredients, aren't they, to yeah. true authentic worship in yeah. some way? Absolutely. Because, I mean, in John, obviously, we, you know, Jesus talks about a people that worship in spirit and truth. And again, we can sometimes just kind of put it into this box, word, spirit. But actually, yeah. these things are into these things. The word and the spirit are intertwined. They're, they're, they're married together. They, they, they're interweaving, like you say. And so as we bring the word, the Holy Spirit brings the, the word alive in us. And as the word comes alive in us, you know, we pour out our worship. And, and the Holy Spirit is, is weaving all of this revelation all the way through. You know, the Holy Spirit brings the new song and he, and he reveals God's nearness to us and he reveals God's greatness to us and um and so that's why it's so important that when we come together as a people we don't just focus on how we feel so if we arrive on a sunday we've had a heavy week we've had a difficult week we've got troubles we've got fears we've got anxieties all of which are normal you know we, life is broken we're not in heaven yet so we we are facing a lot of these things and obviously this year particularly 2020 has really highlighted some of that yeah. um but actually, as we bring all those things and then we fix our attention on who God is, you know, it's amazing that it's like God's healing balm comes down and, and pours over 
all of those things, you know, and we get to say, okay, I'm going to bring that that fear to you now because I've just remembered you're sovereign or I've just remembered that you know how many hairs are on my head. I've just remembered that you told me all my, all my days are, are planned in your book, are written in your book. I've just remembered that you're the one who flung the stars into the space and so how much, and, and you, you know, you look after the sparrows, so how much more are you going to feed us today? How much more are you going to look after us today? So it's this incredible grace that God gives us in worship where he reveals himself by the spirit we we fill ourselves with with the truth and then and then somehow we bless god and and in turn get blessed it's mm. it's remarkable and i'm just thinking of uh, gavin let's dive into a bit of like the dynamics of what how this happens in the gavin yeah right, so i guess let's get a bit experiential a bit <laughs> practical yeah you know, you're a work leader many many years you know um and those moments, again, because one of the key questions that comes for, for just, you know, those of us just sitting in the pew or in a chair in an event or whatever, mm. and for worship leaders and, and leaders at the front is like, well, how do you steward those moments? How do you navigate that kind of truth and spirit working together moments? Because you all, you know when that's happening, like when, when there's almost like a nudging of the spirit to have more space is maybe how mm. I put it or, Mm. Um, and I and I personally remember. I mean, this is going back. Some people might remember. You know, I remember being seventeen or something at Stone Lee event. You know, yeah. in like ninety five or six or seven. Your lead. You know, you guys, the Bellingham. You know, on stage leading, Stuart Town leading, and these incredible, incredible senses of the, the nearness of God, mm. uh, which, which was so powerful because the, the truth. The narrative content was all there. This is what you're saying. Yeah. It wasn't like there was a load of songs about feeling, because actually for a lot of people, it's the first time this is, they were feeling anything. So those songs hadn't yeah. even been written yet. It wasn't like loads of songs about the cloud of God or, you know, gold dust raining down. It was actually songs just based on the truth of God. Yeah. And yet there was an incredible thick sense of God's nearness in the room. And again, our words fail us when we try and describe that, don't they? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you must have seen that a lot in different ways, because, of course, it's not the every Sunday experience. It's not the every time we gather, necessarily. We're going to feel feel the nearness of yeah. God. Just talk a little bit. I mean, I haven't got a question there. I just kind of want to open yeah. that up. Like, what, what, yeah, just dive into that. Okay, so a few things come to mind as you talk. I think um, expectation of the congregation and the worship leader has a part to play. So most people, when they come on a Sunday, you know, not being rude, but the expectation can sometimes be quite low. It's like they're coming on a Sunday because this is what we do and we, we love God and we love the church and so we're here. But is yep. there really an expectation for God to actually come and move and encounter? I think that, you know, that's very a very real thing that we face as worship leaders on our everyday Sunday church things. Then you get to conference mode and people come with a, a different level of expectation. Now, God's the same. God is yep. still the same God in your local church as he is in the conference. He's not more powerful in the conference. He's not more likely in one sense to pour his spirit out in one sense, but actually expectation is different. And so we come more prepared, more ready, maybe with our ears, you know, 
more open, our hearts more open in a conference setting than perhaps we do on a Sunday, just a suggestion. And then you have those moments like in that season in the early 90s where there was a definite move of the spirit that, um, you know, we felt in deep ways, didn't we? We encountered him in incredible ways. And so you have this, again, this culmination of the everyday and then the Holy Spirit's breath coming, our expectation mixed into it. But really, you know, in 90, in the early 90s, in those moments, those standing moments, you know, it was the Spirit. The Holy Spirit came, he revealed, and he poured himself out. I, I think that, that it's important to have the feeling songs as well as the truth songs. It's a bit like otherwise you get too filled up with food yep. and, you, you yep. know, you just get a little bit full. Actually, you know, we need the truth to fill us up and to help us to see, you know, that's how we remember, which is what the Bible calls us to do. It's how we align our feelings and our circumstances to what God says. But then out of that, you know, God is is calling us to relationship. And so relationship, when we understand the truth, comes out in in a feeling or an emotion and, and an outpouring quite often, you know, because we're in relationship with God. And so, again, as a worship leader, you know, my desire is not just to hear God on a Sunday and to know those pockets and those moments so that I can navigate them well. Actually, my desire as a worship leader is to be a person of the Spirit all, all the week, to hear yeah. His voice all the week, so that when I get to a Sunday, it's like, oh, I can see what you're doing, Lord, because I saw you do that on Friday here. So I recognize you. I, I recognize what you're doing. And so I'm going to follow your lead. And again, it's, it is this thing of wanting to follow the Holy Spirit in these things. Um, for me personally, you know, I, I want to have eyes to see what he's doing in the spiritual realm to serve yeah. the natural realm that we're in as well. Um, and so I guess for me, I'm, I'm still learning. I still get off the stage sometimes think, oh, I didn't do very well that day or I, I should have gone here or I rushed ahead or I should have done this or I should have, you know, we're all learning. Um, but, um, but again, I, I want to be somebody who's hungry to follow God because he's yeah. the one who leads us to him. Um, yeah. And so for me, those moments were special and and I you know I'm believing for a new wave of the spirit a new mm. outpouring of the spirit in this season um and you know it, I feel sad that there are lots of gener you know lots of people that have never experienced God like we got the opportunity to experience him in in the 90s and and so I, I I'm like oh but there's so much more so that longing really for them to encounter him and to know him and and also for for their lives to reflect that you know, it, it, these these things are not separate. You know, you talk about the different chapters and obviously you have to break these things down, the different chapters of Monday to Friday, your everyday, your Sunday experience, all those sort of things. But actually, again, it's all about this interweaving, this this coming together of the, the bigger picture. We are 
the children of God, we are now filled with the Spirit and we get to sing and to worship Him. And sometimes we get to do that on our own. Sometimes we get to put our music on. If, we, if we're not very good at, like, I don't sit and play a guitar, I can stick on some worship music or I can listen to a podcast and I can allow other things to feed me. And then on a Sunday, I get the, or on the Sunday, whatever day you meet, you know, you get the opportunity to come together with other people of the same heart and the same mind and you get to share God with them and, and receive from them and to give to them and to to give to god it's like it's just it's all merged together yeah is that's that too fantastic. much sorry no, that's fantastic <laughs> Can I, I just want to just a couple more questions then we'll land but i i just want to press in i hope you don't mind no it, i i hope so, i don't mind too <laughs> i'm sure you'll look no i'm um, scared talking to you nick you're you're like the clever one <laughs> oh, no 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 oh, no no you've got you the hat so you're, 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 well, that's because I didn't get a chance to wash my hair. So. Oh well, yeah, well let's not talk about. Um, the, 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 I want to press into the spirit thing because, because again, mm -hmm. for me, um, well, a because for a lot of people it's confusing, isn't it? The Holy Spirit, what's yeah. that mean? You know, you know, and there'll be people yeah. even listening, watching this, like I yeah. don't know what you mean. What's that? And B yeah. because for me, it um, he his movement in my life was key for my singing, you know, and. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been a worship pastor most of my life as well, but I, you know, I grew up in a church. I was so, um, I guess, nervous about giving myself, because when you sing, you give yourself to everyone yeah. else. You give yourself yeah. to what the truth is in the song. Yeah. And so I used to mind the words in, in church because I just hated singing. I, I, I'm not part of this. I don't want to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, it's just passing. And then I got, when I got filled with the Spirit, which mm. was in that era, attending Spring Harvest, you know, Stone Meat, I couldn't stop singing. Like, it, it just, it just mm. opened everything up. Wow. Um, and transformed me totally, really, to be someone who then helps others sing, you know, mm -hmm. looks at the theology of singing. And so, for me, it's key. Um, and I, so I just want to press in because, um, A, do you think do you think we haven't seen a kind of move when you say a move of the spirit like that? Would you actually? I mean, you mentioned that just now. Would I just want to press you on it? Do you think we haven't kind of? Are you longing for something more all the time? Mm -hmm. um, and and I guess relatedly, is that in the back of your head when you go to lead something? And for again, everyone listening, not everyone will be a worship leader or a church leader, but. Everyone yes, listening to this you know, you will have a place where they lead, where they influence. Mm. So to what extent, you know, is that in, should that be in the back of our heads or is in the back of your head when you go to lead something? You know, to what extent are you, can you see more and you long to help others get there? Is that what's going on? Oh, it's an interesting question. Um, all right. Well, I think, first of all, for those people who are listening, um, this kind of talk of the spirit can seem confusing and and I understand that um, because sometimes it, it you know obviously the Holy Spirit is is a mystery God is a mystery we can't put him in our pockets we can't explain everything about God you know he wouldn't be God if we could explain everything but um, also maybe some places have either gone so far to do with the word that the Holy Spirit doesn't really um, get a look in for want of better terms or you're you go to some places where they're so kind of spirit 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 and actually there's no grounding and no truth to to kind of marry up and I guess 
Um, for me, I'm, I'm looking for the, the marrying of the two things when I lead. I'm looking for the truth of God, the word of God, um, the, 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 even the now word for that Sunday of God to marry up with um, following the Holy Spirit because it's, you know, the Holy Spirit is the person of God. He's not just a presence. He's not just an no. add-on or a thing. And sometimes, we again, we can speak of the Holy Spirit as um, almost like the sidekick or the, an object. And actually, mm. he's a person. And so mm. the Holy Spirit is the person of God. And he has been, he's God with us here on earth. And he's the one who reveals the truth of the Bible and the truth of who God is and, and brings life to God in us. And so I, th I think learning and understanding it's really simple on, on many levels is that basically we get to encounter God and experience him and have uh, an awakening in our hearts and our minds get sight of who he is because it's the Holy Spirit who reveals God to us. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's about building up relationship with the Holy Spirit on an ongoing uh, every day because I want to know what, you know, what God sees and how God thinks and, and hear God's voice above all the other voices that we, we have in our lives. Obviously, we hear his voice through the word, through the Bible, um, and we get to also receive and encounter him as we sing. So um, I just want to make that clear for people who are watching and maybe it, it, it might seem alien or I might seem like I'm going a little bit, you know, spirit. But actually for me, it's, it, you know, the Holy Spirit, I'm still learning about how to listen to his voice. I'm still, and sometimes I'll, I'll find that he prompts me with something really normal and every day and I, and I kind of, is a thought that might come to mind and I kind of, oh, it's not God really, I'll just push that aside. And then I realise, oh no, it was you, Lord, you were telling me something really basic about my life. And so learning to to marry, uh, the you know, this understanding of God and yet him coming to us in, in the form of the Spirit is, is um, an ongoing thing. Now, when it comes to worship, um, I, I know many people who love God passionately who might not say that they are filled with the Spirit, but they will still sing. They will still sing, you know, with, um, as my dad would say, with gusto. You know, they will still sing passionately um, yeah. for God. And so I don't want to diminish that. But also I've discovered that actually there's this part of, of worship that uh, has been unlocked in my journey that, that says actually the Holy Spirit is now going to marry into this truth that you're singing. He's going to bring it alive in your heart. He's going to, you know, cause it to be grounded in your in your kind of everyday. Um, and uh, I, I guess I just I want to encourage people um, that this is a part of our relationship with God. You know, again, it's not a, a thing that we do. So we go to church on a Sunday and we sing, you know, we're in relationship with God. And so this is part of our relationship. This is part of our communion with him is to sing, to worship. And, and the Holy Spirit, again, is the one that helps us to, to, to know this truth in us. You know, he is, he is in us, he's working through us, all for God's glory, all, all in Christ, all because of what Christ has done. Um, I can't even remember what the question was, but I'm hoping that that answers some of it. <laughs> yeah, some of it. Yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> um, Lee, one last question, and I'd love it if you didn't mind just praying for people listening or watching this. Just, yeah. uh, just praying for them. But 
Yeah. I guess just practically speaking, like as a final question, you know, what would you say? Because oh, go on. I've just remembered what you asked me. If I how I feel about the move of the spirit. Yes. Um, I I guess I feel. Uh, I mean, this is not because I'm any great prophet, but I think you know we definitely had a wave of the spirit that was very tangible, yeah. and and. And we haven't had that level of tangible sense, maybe in our everyday, in our worship meetings, in our conferences, whatever it might be that you've been to. Um, and and I, I think that there there is a really a desire as I lead is just to really just follow God wherever He wants to lead. Really, it's not down to me as to how much He decides to reveal Himself. It's my it's my job to kind of go. Here, you know, open the path up and say here and see where God decides to take us. So, but of course, I'm hungry for um, people to know God really. I'm, I'm hungry for people to be set free from addictions. I'm hungry for marriages to be restored and for healings to happen. The kingdom of God to to advance as we lead. You know, as we lead worship, I'm hungry for all those things. And when I lead, I ask God to come and do those things. So yes, those things I long for. Fantastic. <laughs> um, no, I mean it's it's, it's so fascinating. We, could, we I wish we had more time to kind of delve into that whole area. But thank you for like going there and answering that really well. So one final question would be for those listening or watching this. Mm-hmm. You know, as a worship leader yourself, um, often you know you're kind of you're stuck behind music. You know, you don't have a chance to say to the congregation, "Hey, you know, da 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 da," you know, or, or invite them. I guess. What would you say to it to invite people further into singing, into mm-hmm. gathering together, you know, because a lot of people coming out of 2020 will be like, do you know, what? I've loved staying at home watching TV. You know, I don't think I need when I don't think we need to gather again or I'll just go once once a month or so yeah. what, what would you want to say? Yeah. Uh, what would I want to say? Well, um, I. I think people won't realize what what they've missed out on until they come back together. It's yeah. like when you walk in the room, you'll suddenly go, oh, yeah, I've really missed this. So, yeah. of course, we all love rocking up to church in our pajamas and a coffee in our hand. And, you know, sometimes we might even be late. I mean, how did I make it to church on time? I don't know. But, you know, I think... I think when you go back into that context, you'll suddenly go, oh, yeah, this is this is part of who we're made to be. Now, I, I think there are, there's room for this hybrid thing of, um, you know, it, people in the room physically and then those who can't be in the room physically still feeling included. And yeah. I think it's given us an awareness, hasn't it, of the people that, that can't make it into the room physically. Well, how do we continue to draw them in? and make them feel part of a family and know that they belong to a community, you know, because we're part of a family. When we become Christians, we become part of the family of God. And so we want people to know that they're welcome, that they're included, that they're loved, that they belong. And so when you walk into a room physically again, you'll go, oh, yeah, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think, again, coming back to what the Bible says, do not um, give up meeting together. He doesn't say after 2020, guys, if you found it really comfortable in your seats, you know, at home, then, you know, yeah, stay where you are. That's fine. I don't see that anywhere, you know, and the Bible remains relevant even now. And so if the Bible says, do not give up meeting together, then do not give up meeting together. Now, 
There may be different expressions of that coming out of 2020. There may be different ways that people find to develop that understanding and that community and that one anothering and yeah. that coming together and singing together. Um, and I guess the thing about singing is, again, um, maybe God's got this amazing auto tune that filters through. So whatever noise you make, it says make a joyful noise to the Lord. It doesn't say make a perfect noise to the Lord. So I just want to encourage you that God has made you to sing. It's part of your DNA. It's part of your design. And so he and he then also has not only made you to sing, he, he commands you to sing. And so I would say that, that those are two really great reasons to start singing and then discover what God can do. And like you, if you feel like, actually, I don't want to use my voice or uh, I'm a bit scared to use my voice or whatever it might be that's holding you back. You know, if you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit has come to live inside of you and you just say, Holy Spirit, help me. And you might discover new and fresh ways to express your worship to God. Um, we're not all going to do it the same. But don't, um, don't, I think the enemy wants to put some mute, you know, he'll do anything he can to silence us from singing, because that's what God calls us to do. And so, um, you know, get your armour on and start making a noise. I love that. And maybe that can tee up your prayer. I remember reading one theologian said, you know, the enemy wants to do all he can to stop you being a singing person and to stop your church being a singing church. And, yeah. and, and I think that's absolutely right what you said, Liz. So, would you thank you so much for answering those questions and for writing this chapter. I'm sure many people find it so helpful. Would you just pray uh, for yeah. us as we close? God, I just want to thank you for your incredible grace towards us. I want to thank you that the invitation to sing, the invitation to come together is not about uh, a cold-hearted command. It's not just, I'm telling you to sing, you must sing. But there's something powerful, this incredible gift that you've given us, that as we sing, as we remember, as we fix our eyes on you, that you do something deep within our soul, that you, doing, you do reveal your peace to us, you reveal your hope to us, that you give us stillness, even in the mix of very difficult and troubling times, we can find ourselves uh, solid on you. And I want to pray for the churches that maybe feel like they've lost their voices over the last year or so. I want to pray, God, that you will start stirring up the songs again. I pray for songs of deliverance. I pray for songs of hope. I pray for songs of healing. I pray for songs that uh, lift people to you and, and give incredible praise and worship and abandonment to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I pray, God, for new songs to rise up in churches and uh, that, that there will just be a sound that resounds around our nation and around other nations as the church is restored um, back into this sound again. I pray for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Lou. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.